Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Nintendo's podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, and I am joined by the ever so wonderful Brayden. Hello, hello, friends. It's nice to be back with you. How you been doing, Brayden? Man, I'm pretty good. Life has been a little busy, but uh, it's always nice to be back here with you to talk some Nintendo. Of course. Yes, I love it. Um, If you've never listened to Nintendo's before, we are a Nintendo show where we talk about new games that we've been playing. We try and talk about a Nintendo's, which is a retro-esque game that's kind of in our wheelhouse, we've said kind of Wii back. Yeah. Um, maybe a Wii U game here and there, but you know, they're running out of Wii U games for us to talk about. I know. I, and man, that's a smooth transition into, yeah, our, yeah. I think our first topic. They have brought us another Wii U game. To be clear, this is Pikmin 3 Deluxe Edition. Pikmin 3 came out for the Wii U, which as we've discussed many times on this podcast before, the Wii U is, you know, generally an overlooked console, uh, if not Nintendo's least selling console. So, not many people got to play this game, but uh, I I would have liked a trilogy. That would have been pretty cool. Now, honestly, that's that's what I was going to say. I thought that's what they were going to do because it's kind of a no-brainer, in my opinion. Just, I guess not, because Nintendo just seems to want to ignore the GameCube era almost altogether. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I would have liked that, especially because I haven't looked at like pre-orders or anything yet, but 99% positive, they're going to go... Pikmin Deluxe, $60, please. Yep. You know, which is, I'm going to pay because I'm terrible. Definitely. Um, and a lot of us will. I, you know, I read a thing that was like, every time Microsoft or Sony does something like that, people are like, what are you doing? This is absurd. This is a ripoff. Mm-hmm. Every time Nintendo does it, people just go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would have really liked a trilogy because that that would have made it feel like it was worth 60 bucks. Right. You know, but I'm, I don't know. I'm happy to see Pikmin back regardless. Yeah. I So when it said deluxe, I did, I watched the trailer and I was kind of hoping to see the uh, purple and white Pikmin back from Pikmin 2. And that, you know, maybe they were really going deluxe here. But it sounds like they're just adding some side content with Olimar and Louie. Kind of what they were doing during the events of Pikmin 3. Or bef- right before Pikmin 3 yeah, or something I think, like that. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Because if I remember correctly, Pikmin 3, you end up kind of saving them. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's... You, you You run across Louie. And then I think, yeah, the, I think the final boss, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah. You end up saving, like you save Olimar and then uh-huh. like, the game ends, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I thought they, when I when I saw Deluxe, I was hoping for them to ball out and, you know, bring all the Pikmin home. But... Now, dude, we're talking about the company that put out uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze again and set, and made it $60 and just put a easy mode Funky Kong mm-hmm. in it, which even if you, you know, if you had played the game, especially you put that on and it's just not even fun because, yeah, it was easy mode. Right. So right. and then like, I don't think they added anything to Super Mario Bros. U. I was about to say, was there a level builder? But no, that's no, called Mario, Mario Maker. Maker. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I'm pretty sure they... I, they might have added just like, oh, you can play as all the characters. Right, the, or like, you can like... play as Nabbit or something at the beginning. Yeah. But it just, you know, it wasn't much. So, it, honestly, we're kind of lucky that they're adding anything at all. Sure, that's a totally um, fair point. And it begs the question, though, you know, where's Pikmin 4? Pikmin 4 has been in development since, what, like 2014? It was like when we heard it was happening. That When did Pikmin 3 come out? I believe it's 2013. Gotcha. So Pikmin 3 came out 2013, and then 2014, they announced they were yeah. working on the fourth installment, yeah. which it was, is it was... deluxe mode. Woo! <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah. He specifically said Pikmin 4. Sure, sure. Um, and that was 
you know, people might fact check me on that, but it was 2013, 2014, 2015. It was, it was a long time ago yeah. at this point, you know, and he's checked in a few times and been like, yep, still working on it, but he hasn't mentioned it in, in a long time now. This makes me think that it's probably still a ways off. My gut tells me if they're just bringing out kind of this, I don't want to say random. Or Nintendo, for some reason, out of every game company, seems to be crumbling under the COVID-19 pressure, you know, more than anyone else, Um, more than most Japanese companies. Because Japan has a a very different work culture than, um, you know, we do. Sure. Or the Western countries do um, in that they really emphasize in-person office work. Mm-hmm. And at least from what I heard, when they had to go and kind of work from home, it was just kind of stuff on fire oh, for no. like months just because nobody, it was just not going well. Uh-huh. So this almost kind of confirms my scary suspicion that they just don't have anything this year. Yeah. And honestly, I think they might have maybe they might've been holding on to this for a while. Mm-hmm. And when they went, uh Oh, nothing's coming out this fall. Uh, okay. Pikmin three, Pikmin three, it's evergreen time. game yeah. to be or, able to release whenever. Yeah. Or even if they weren't working on it, they were like, when this started, they were like, Oh, now's the time. Um, add three hours of content onto Pikmin three. <laughs> you can do that in like a few months, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out. Because also I, I'm really interested to see how this is going to sell. Honestly, like, is this really going to get new people in? On Pikmin? You know, I bet it would. I think there's a generation of kids that are picking up the Switch, you know, and have never... They've seen Olimar and Smash, and so they, you know, they want to see what this is about. I don't feel like Pikmin 3 is the strongest entry, though. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I like... I don't know. I really like Pikmin. Again, Pikmin 3 was my introduction to the series, Mm -hmm. in all honesty. Uh, I have gone back. Will, spoiler alert, our gem for the week is Pikmin. (laughs) (laughs) um i haven't played pikmin 2 so if you're gonna say that's your favorite apologies it's the one that game is like 80 bucks still uh so i haven't been able to play that but i played the first one and the third one and like i said the third one was my introduction to the series and man i fell in love with it Mm -hmm. i also think nintendo is amazing i say this a lot of times in my reviews of nintendo first party games i don't know how they do it but they have a way with working with their hardware Mm -hmm. in a stupid way you know like they make games that look better than first party playstation and xbox games on systems that are way weaker Mm -hmm. pikmin 3 on the wii u looks amazing it so does that was the game i think on my wii u because i mean again i was a nintendo kid Mm -hmm. i had a wii uh, i had a 360 but also i was one of those kids who also kind of didn't know you could plug in an hdmi to it you know what i mean Uh so i always just kind of played it with the audio video cables composite yeah and so when i got my wii u the wii u was the true first hd system for me yeah so i remember playing pikmin 3 pikmin 3 was the game you know how you you collect the fruits Uh and you you see the like big fruit like the models and i was like yo these fruits look insane (laughs) the only thing i know there's probably a lot of people out there who haven't played you know since the gamecube or the wii mm-hmm. or before then and they haven't touched pikmin and they do kind of want to get in but are they going to look at this game and go oh it's pikmin 3 though i haven't played the first two i wouldn't understand the deep story and lore of pikmin right you know people wouldn't exactly think that but a lot of times when there are numbered sequels i don't pick up three without playing the first couple exactly even though with these games 
it literally matters <laughs> not at all you right. know and there's a lot of games where it's like that but that's one reason why we got assassin's creed one two three four and they went oh we don't want to get up to assassin's creed eight yeah. or something because then people are going to be like well i've never played assassin's creed before and they won't understand that those games are kind of you know delineated right so that's the only thing that i'm thinking might maybe dissuade people from picking this up well and again you know i i phrased it as i don't think this is the strongest entry in the series but that is kind of tangentially what i meant as well i'm surprised if they weren't going to make it a triple pack you know what i mean at least start with the first one perhaps right or bundle the first two digitally i don't know something like that so I guess I guess before we get off this topic altogether and start going into what we've been playing, what are your predictions for what the rest of the year is going to look like for Nintendo? Because you know, twelve hours ago we had no idea. Literally, there no was idea. no lineup. There was nothing. And now we have one. And it's little... not. But the sad thing is, it's not. It's just a remaster. Right. Know? So not even a remaster. Just like did a they? Would they? Probably not. It's, yeah. pro- it's just a re-release. Uh-huh. It's just a port, basically. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the year? I don't know. I do think Nintendo's going to have to drop something come holiday season to compete with, you know, Xbox and PlayStation. They're going to be hot this holiday season. And Nintendo's going to want a slice of that. I don't think, you know, they're going to be able to quite compete, you know, come Christmas. That's to be expected, though, with the new consoles and everything. Right. But, uh, shoot. I, I would not be surprised at a Breath of the Wild 2 shadow drop, something like this. Sneak drop for holidays, twenty twenty, baby. Come I don't on, know. Breath of the Wild two, bring it. I would love that, but I'm. They I'm, teased it already, man, and they didn't do that for Pikmin or Paper Mario. Yeah, but also, Nintendo has a, a history generally of teasing games years before we see them. You know, Metroid Prime Four. Mm-hmm. I know that one's kind of a special case because they had to restart development. Yeah. But Metroid Prime Four. Um, even just Breath of the Wild was announced years before it came mm-hmm. out. Um, Mario Odyssey. No, Mario Odyssey wasn't. Mario yeah, Odyssey was announced I... at the Switch's launch. Point is, uh, they they do normally, they, they announce games and sit on them for a long time. Bayonetta yeah. 3 was announced forever ago, and we just don't know where that is. Look, man, don't dash my hopes like that. That's <laughs> look, I'm trying to be optimistic here. We're yeah. going to get some good games by year's end, you know, and it'll be great. It's so weird because the, the Nintendo fan base online is so kind of, doom and gloom right now uh-huh. when nintendo is still more successful than they've ever been um i was gonna say nintendo almost doesn't need to get a piece of the holiday pie because they got that holiday pie in march oh yeah oh no doubt you know they sold so many switches earlier this year oh my gosh between animal crossing and the pandemic uh-huh. because when the pandemic happened the whole video game industry saw a, a bit of a bump, mm-hmm. but Nintendo retail places were running out of PlayStations and Xboxes. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was Nintendo was just gone. The Switch was gone. Yeah. And again, that had a lot to do with Animal Crossing. But the point is, they sold like hotcakes already this year. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is with how good Animal Crossing sold, they might just not be worried because they're like, hey, we did it. We went. 2020 is cool. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we got have Animal Crossing. Yeah. Which, but it really sucks if you don't like Animal Crossing. If you don't like Animal Crossing or you're not into the more niche releases they've had this year, like mm-hmm. if you don't like Animal Crossing, you don't like Paper Mario, you don't like Clubhouse games, mm-hmm. if you didn't, if you don't like Xenoblade, mm-hmm. you know, you it's uh, not, you know, there's not much this year for you on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, especially Xenoblade and Animal Crossing, they can be niche. 
you know? Animal Crossing blew up, but for a lot of quote-unquote hardcore gamers, Animal Crossing isn't the game for them. It's not a game to them, you know? Right. They, they don't see it as fun, Yeah, you know? Animal Crossing is the, I hate to say it, it's almost kind of like the normie video game. Oh, you know? yeah. It's, it's definitely... so non-gamey. Uh-huh. That's why it was so popular. Yeah. And, man, I would love for Nintendo to release official numbers because all the numbers that we have, as far as I know, are based on physical sales only because mm-hmm. pretty much all the sales charts that we get out are just based on physical sales. And then when it comes to digital, it's up to the platform holder. Like, PlayStation releases their digital sales, like, every month. Uh-huh. But I don't think Nintendo does. So... Animal Crossing has been number one, number two, or number three every month this year so far, without counting digital. And I know I bought digital, my girlfriend bought digital, a bunch of my friends bought digital. Mm -hmm. So like... The numbers are undoubtedly there. It's definitely the number one selling game so far this year. Mm -hmm. Will it be at the end of the year after Call of Duty and stuff? Questionable, but it'll definitely be one or two, I think. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch, but I... I don't know, man. Do you have any predictions for the year? People online are really hot about that Mario trilogy. Have you seen I that? I don't know. This Pikmin 3 deluxe drop. So the same people that were hype about that Mario trilogy were also hype about a Pikmin trilogy. And today has kind of, you know, squashed that. Yeah, I don't know. A Mario trilogy seems way too good to be true. Yeah, but it is Mario's 35th anniversary this year. So, or 35th birthday or whatever. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I could see it happening, especially since we just really haven't seen those games officially re-released in a while. Hey, uh, don't get me wrong. I I would be thrilled if I saw those, you know, re-released. Oh, yeah. Especially bundled together. It would give me, it would give, it'd be so great to have an excuse to go back and play 64 and Heck Sunshine yeah. and Galaxy. Oh, oh, I love Galaxy. Galaxy's great. Anyway, my hopes aren't up, but it would be cool. Yeah. I mean... Again, I don't know. I definitely, I don't think I would have said Pikmin 3 mm-hmm. this holiday. So your guess is as good as mine, honestly. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be getting Breath of the Wild 2 this year. I don't know. Pikmin 3, I'm going to get it. Day one, you'll hear our thoughts about it. Oh, no doubt. All right. I guess uh, let's let's go ahead and get into the new games we've been playing, which admittedly, from what I know about me and what I know about you, <laughs> isn't really much this week, which I guess is one reason we decided to talk about Pikmin 3. Right. Yeah, we definitely wanted to cover that, you know, get a little new content out there. But I've been playing a bit of an older game, came out 2017. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I picked up Sonic Mania a couple weeks Woo! ago. Yes. And let me tell you, it has been a delight. Have you played it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like day one for Sonic Mania. Gotcha. And, you know, I am a bit ashamed to say that I have not touched it yet because I heard great things from the get-go. But, wow, man, like they did Sonic right here. I mean, starting from just the opening sequence, the sounds, the graphics, they are like Genesis to a T. And... Oh my goodness, uh, the, the nostalgia wave that that hit me. And then it, it almost follows the opening sequence of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 almost perfectly. And then it changes. Like a different bad guy appears. Eggman appears. Well, if you remember Sonic 3, they land on the island and then Knuckles shows up. And right. Yeah. Punches Sonic and takes all the chaos and runs. Uh-huh. And in this one, yeah, that's right. Eggman's robot comes down and, and digs an emerald up. Yeah. And, and hauls it off. And, and from there, you know, you, you can definitely tell that this is a different game. You know, they aren't rehashing entirely just just the first three Sonic games, but 
it feels like a proper sequel to those original Sega Genesis entries. So did you play those growing up or? I did. We actually had a Sega Genesis growing up and everything. Like we, we have the cartridges at home. So yeah, we're, we're not just yeah. Nintendo, but. So for me, um, I love 2D classic Sonic. Mm-hmm. I think we might've talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. back in our Sonic Adventure episode. Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 episode. But I've always been a big 2D Sonic guy pretty iffy on 3d sonic but i do i've <laughs> always loved 2d sonic especially sonic 3 and knuckles dude oh my oh, gosh so good classic classic 90s game it's just i do not have enough good things to say about sonic 3 and knuckles yes and and again that intro just evoked so many memories of that game and they they haven't let me down yet I mean, admittedly, the first zone is Green Hill Zone, you know? And so, like, that's... Oh, roll your eyes. That's so Sonic. That's boring. But they they take it to new levels that I haven't seen before. Some of the boss battles? I mean, Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? Yes, As the dude. second boss? Yes. Holy cow! I was in awe. They really brought brand new, wonderful mechanics to, to an old formula. Yeah, Sonic Mania is what began the kind of revival of sonic honestly mm-hmm. because sonic has been so bad for so long now um and then sonic media comes along and sega did almost all the right things mm-hmm. they recruited christian whitehead i believe is his name mm-hmm. um who was the main developer of this game and he was a big online developer of kind of like sonic fan games right he was the main developer on the like iOS ports of the first few Sonic games, which were like mm-hmm. notoriously amazing. Yes. You know, like that was a weird notorious. <laughs> yeah. They were, people loved those ports. They were like, these are the, some of the best ports of Sonic ever. Mm-hmm. So by getting him on and being like, Hey, you're in charge, like make us a new Sonic game. Mm-hmm. Amazing decision. Yes. And he did great from the graphics to music in this game. Hooey. So good. Uh-huh. Everything about this is just. Well, and oh. so, Again, kind of, it it has a beautiful mix of throwback and brand new. So the second level is Chemical Plant Zone, which you might remember from, I believe, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as, like, the second level? Anyway, the first zone plays very similarly to how you would remember it from the original, and then the second, it remixes the music, it changes the water physics, and and again, just, I, I can't speak highly enough of the refreshing take they had on on just 2D platforming Sonic that I thought was dead. Yeah, it's great. It definitely revived 2D Sonic interest. Wasn't there another Sonic game fairly recently that tried Sonic? Sonic Forces came out pretty much right after this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a, either a year after or even just like a few months. Sonic Mania was so popular that, well, they've always been, Sonic Generations did kind of the same thing where they had 2D Sonic levels mm-hmm. and they just kind of shoehorned 2D Sonic levels into Sonic Forces. Right. Even um, because 2D Sonic is just in. And 2D Sonic is doing great because Sonic Forces was like a meh game. You know, yeah. it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like great. Nobody really has strong opinions on Sonic Forces. Yeah. But it was almost the fault it it probably mania probably hurt forces honestly Mm -hmm. because mania was just so good and then forces was just so mad right you know but well in sonic generations actually was what i was thinking of when i when i mentioned it because i know they they tried to make another nostalgia based you know they wanted to hit like the both the 3d and the 2d do you like generations i didn't play play it that's the thing oh it's great 
Is Generations it? is really good. Yeah, it's like 2012 or something. You know, it's on 360 PS3 yeah. PC. Uh, I don't think it's on. It's on like 3DS or something. But sure. It's not a great port. It's really good. Everybody likes Sonic Generations. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And and I figured Mania was kind of the next step off that. Sure. Except you know you've got like at least two or three mediocre 3D Sonic games <laughs> in between there. <laughs> right. You know? But yeah, I really do see Mania as the beginning of the next generation of good Sonic media. Mm-hmm. You know, we got. Like, yeah, we got Mania, which is amazing. We got Forces, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they are, they're really taking their time on this next Sonic game. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be, like the next 3D Sonic game, I mean. So hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. Um, And then we got the Sonic movie, which I really enjoyed. Did you see? Man, I didn't make it. I just need to Redbox it or something. I was going to say, yeah, it's out on Blu-ray and all that now. Uh-huh. So I, I recommend it. I thought it was fun. I saw Detective Pikachu and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I, I think just... It would only be fair to give Sonic a chance yeah. to. It's definitely a kiddie movie, you know, mm-hmm. something for kids. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was competently made. Yeah. I liked it. Fair enough. I'm excited for Sonic 2 coming in 2022. Oh, boy. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, we can move off Sonic Mania. But uh, I found it at Walmart for 20 bucks, And I feel like I underpaid almost. You know, this is, this is a solid game. If you enjoy 2D Sonic at all, then this is a wonderful addition to your collection. Heck, yeah. All right, man. What have you been playing this week? So... Very, very briefly, I, I only have one game really on Switch I've been playing because, again, we might be having a kind of Nintendo podcast where we talk about just some of my other escapades and yeah. some of Braden's other escapades. So stay tuned for that. But I've been doing a lot of Nintendo this week. Um, I've been kind of taking a little break from writing. I'm in the process of moving. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always saying I'm moving. <laughs> you have been much. moving for yeah. six months. But, yeah. um, but this is the final big move, yeah. I guess. So. I just kind of took some time to be like, I'm just not going to write or review anything. So I've just been taking some low-key time to play some games in my backlog and stuff, which sadly haven't been on the Switch. But (laughs) before I took that little break, uh, I did review a game for Noisy Pixel called uh, Crisis Remastered on the Switch, um, which I was very interested to play because, do you know, what do you know about Crisis? So I remember being in eighth grade and pulling up a picture on my iPod touch of, you know, it's like two pictures of a jungle and one of them's real and one of them's crisis. And you have to see if your friend can figure out which one's real. The point being that the graphics were so good for that day and age that you couldn't distinguish what was real life and what was this new crisis godlike graphical engine. And so, yeah, that's, that's, more or less what I know is that Crisis cool. is a benchmark for graphics. Yeah, that's that's pretty head on. It was it was known, I think the first one came out in 2007 and then it was like it was like 07, 09 and like 11. Yeah. Uh, were the three Crisis games and every single time on PC it was always a oh your PC is good but can your PC run Crisis <laughs> right. at full at full graphics. Mm-hmm. You know, it just always had really really good graphics, really good you know, effects and everything. I feel like this was like pre-Skyrim. Like oh, yeah. the next, you know, the next big game to, oh, can you run Skyrim full yeah. full blast? Yeah, it was it was definitely, you know, that's, that's what it was kind of known for. Uh-huh. And it's a first-person shooter where you're fighting like alien things and also the North Koreans. And like, you know, you're on an island in the Philippines. All of them are kind of have a tropical feel. So that kind of helps to the, the graphic stuff. But the point is it was known for that back then. The series has been dead since 2011, mm-hmm. um, and they announced earlier this year they were remastering the first game for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mm-hmm. And so people got really excited, um, less so for the Switch version, because it's the Switch. What can it really do? Right. More so for the other versions and the PC. They were going to overhaul it on PC. And so recently, 
the they released i think it was a week or two before it came out maybe even more than that it was a week to three weeks before the game was supposed to come out they released like a trailer it just didn't look all that good and the internet blew up and so they delayed the game Uh they delayed it on pc ps4 and xbox one and i think switch but then a week later they were like never mind it's still coming out on switch gotcha um so i was like whoa this is a weird situation interesting i gotta check this out so what i will say about crisis remastered it it feels very 2007 yeah um just in its tone in its graphics which i'll get into more a little later but especially just the gameplay and the tone really felt like i was playing one of those like it's trying really hard to feel dark and gritty oh yeah you know and it takes place in the futuristic year of 2020. Oh, um, you're yeah. kidding. No, I'm not. Oh, wow. Yeah, it takes place in 2020, um, and you play as a, like, team of black ops military people, and you've got these, like, exosuits mm-hmm. um, that enhance, you know, they can make you run super fast, they give you super strength, they can make you turn invisible, and you can activate, like, this heavy armor that makes you take, like, way less damage. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what quote unquote makes you special, mm-hmm. you know, and you get dropped on this Island. Um, and then you're, it's an Island in the Philippines that they got a report that the North Koreans were trying to take over for some reason. So you're basically six person like team sent in to kind of like fix the issue. Sure. You know? um, and then when they get there, they realize, Oh, there's something that's going on here. There is a crazy alien threat you know, right. that's actually here. The whole story, like I said, just feels very 2007, mm-hmm. very xbox 360 yes you know just dated but you're not going to play crisis for the story you know right you're going to play it i mean for the graphics and for i mean the gameplay so i guess i'll get right into it the graphics uh the game looks like it's from 2007 oh no it just ain't it doesn't look bad it looks better than a lot of games but it's going for that realistic art style yeah you know so which the switch doesn't quite necessarily have the power to back that up right and so i wasn't really impressed it doesn't look bad by any means Mm -hmm. but it definitely looks 2007 yeah what i was kind of impressed by is i really liked they have kind of a most buildings and most objects are destructible kind of thing in this game which i love because it really helps it really makes me feel like yeah it helps for immersion sure so i love getting into and this game takes place in like on a tropical island in a bunch of forests and rainforests and stuff Mm -hmm. so i love getting into a firefight in the forest and the trees are just falling down around you because you're just blasting through the you know Mm -hmm. through the trees and they're falling down you go into a lot of the huts a lot of a lot of the houses are kind of like huts you know they're kind of flimsy you go into one someone shoots it with a rocket launcher a tank shoots it a grenade blows up the building just falls apart yeah you know there are definitely some structures and stuff that won't blow up and Mm -hmm. all that but I don't know. That I still think is cool. And I think that does kind of have to do with the technical specs because that takes more out of the system. That's why most games don't do that. Sure. You know, because it takes power to be able to process every single thing yeah. as its own, you know. It has, it's a very intentional decision to have destructible environments because, right. yes, like you said, it'll take a lot of power away from other aspects of the game. Right. So that was cool. Also, though, the game was not good technically. Oh, no. Um, Lots of frame rate drops, especially when crazy stuff is happening, yeah. especially on handheld mode. Because that was one of the cool things is, I, I don't know, it's just neat to play a first person shooter, like like a quote unquote triple A, you know, triple A 13 years ago. Yeah. But triple A, first person shooter, you know, on the go 
in in the palm of my hand sitting on my bed. For sure. You know what I mean? So I would definitely do that. And it runs really poorly on Switch. The graphics definitely take more of a hit. Or not on Switch. It runs really poorly in handheld mode. I see. Um, and the graphics take even more of a hit, obviously, in handheld mode. The game crashed on me like four times. Wow. Not even like, you know how some games, I don't know if you've ever had a game crash on you on Switch, but the, it, when a game crashes, it'll be like, boom, an error appeared. Okay, in, yeah. And it just closes you out. Mm-hmm. That didn't even happen. I'm talking, the game freezes, like old school style. The game freezes and goes, you no know. way. Yeah. Or not even that, like most of the time it happened to me in firefights. So I'd be like, bah, 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 and it would just get stuck on the like, <laughs> not not even that. It would just get stuck on the like, bah, 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 oh, wow. noise. Yeah. And my, if, if cause if the, my controller was rumbling, it would just rumble uh-huh. forever until I pressed out, you know, it would Gosh. let me quit it. But that happened to me like four times. Uh-huh. Um, so that was interesting. Like I said, the frame rate would take hits when I was mm-hmm. doing heavy stuff. So yeah. So did they drop it for Switch because they knew they couldn't quite get it much better and that's why they're holding off on the other consoles? Probably. Honestly, they didn't obviously say that. Yeah. I would assume they were like... Switch is maxed out. Right. They were like, (laughs) there's nothing else we're going to be able to do on here. So I'm sure that's why they just dropped it. I will say the game is fun though. Um, It's not open world, but it really makes it feel like it is. Mm -hmm. They'll just drop you into like this huge space and be like, here's your objective, go do it. Uh And since you have the... In, you can turn invisible or you can go like full like like metal mode you mm-hmm. know you can really choose how you tackle situations so pretty much every situation if you're smart about it you can stealth your way through um not amazing stealth mechanics is you know you can't like sneak up behind people and take them out you have to like sneak around and just kind of shoot them in the head with your silencer and sure. stuff but um you know, you can choose to do that or you can just go in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Um, both ways are fun. It definitely, like I said, it makes it feel like it's open world, even though it isn't. Yeah. So I had a lot of fun with that. And it's a good time waster. But I believe the game is $30. Not worth $30, I'll say that. Definitely 10 20 bucks. In conclusion, I would say Crisis is a good game. Go play Crisis. Don't play it on Switch. You know? Fair enough. I it's think probably I gave- 5 bucks on Steam, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I think I gave it a 6 or a 6.5. Um, we'll see how the PS4, Xbox One ports turn out. I was going to say, would it be a 7, you think, on a on a stronger console? If it ran better and looked a little bit better, 7, 7, 5, 8. You know? It's a good game. Yeah. I think it is. It's not, you know, I don't know. Revolutionary it, or Like anything? I said, it feels just so aggressively last gen or yeah last generation edginess yeah that and i just don't like games like that so i don't know Mm -hmm. but i think it's a good game i think if it ran better and if it looked a little bit better it would definitely be worth it cool well yeah you've definitely fed me more crisis information than i've ever had before other than (laughs) just pretty graphics yeah Yeah. so um i guess for now i'm gonna have to hold off on any more crisis though yeah like it just really isn't worth it not bad you know it's not like oh this game is terrible it's not deadly premonition like do not buy this game but it's uh yeah it's just i just don't think it's worth it if this is your only way to play crisis if you just really want to play crisis like sure you'll get crisis as long as the game doesn't crash on you yeah but yeah it's just not play it play it a different way yeah Cool. So um, I guess you want to go ahead and get into our Nintendium of the week? All right. Yes, I would love to. And we're kind of carrying on from an earlier conversation. Uh, you know, we just, we're going to try and keep it thematic here. Our Nintendium of the week is Pikmin for the GameCube. Heck yeah, my dude. 
So you said that you've played the first Pikmin and the third Pikmin. Right. You played the first Pikmin second, though. I did. And how did it compare to the third, would you think? You know, obviously it doesn't it isn't as polished. It doesn't have those pretty pristine HD graphics. But I think it's just as good, honestly. Yeah. A little bit less, you know, there's less Pikmin. I think there's actually still a lot of Pikmin. Isn't there the red, red. yellow, blue, that's and then it. is that it? Yeah, and that's it for the first one. Uh, you, you just have the three, and which it does feel like a lot. I mean, if, if you're playing Pikmin for the first time and you're, you've picked up Pikmin 1 as your first Pikmin game, it, you know, it's, it feels like a lot to manage even three types of Pikmin. And so when they bring in two extra varieties in the later games, you know, it, it, that's a, another beast to manage. But yeah, so you, you, you have the red, the blue, and the yellow Pikmin in the first game. And, and they're cute little plant creatures that you, you, you grow from seeds and then they'll help you pick up treasures and fight monsters. Yeah. Um, and it's just brimming with charm as so many Nintendo games are, you know, uh, I love the Pikmin. I think they're adorable. They're awesome little creatures. I feel terrible every single time one of them dies. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's a sacrifice that has to be made. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get home. I'm trying to get my rocket ship built, you know? Right. But but yeah, I do know what you mean. After a, a tough battle and you've lost like three-fourths of your Pikmin, it, you do feel kind of guilty. They die and you see their little ghost go up yeah. and, they, and they go, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, but okay, one strong mechanic that deterred me from this game as a younger child but it has grown on me over time would be the 30-day time limit that pikmin 1 presents you <sighs> dude it's so stressful to me i agree and while i do think it's difficult and and provides kind of an artificial challenge to the game i think it it also ties the game together really well and and puts a sense of pressure on the player to to continue exploring at a, a timely rate yeah for sure um i'm not a huge fan of games that do that for some reason pikmin just is an exception you know a lot of times when yeah when games are just timed i mean even i say that but you know i mentioned it every week but persona 5 is, is kind of timed but even with that it's not like hey it's the afternoon you have three real world minutes to do everything that you need to do right you know it's like oh, you've got two slots in the day and then you have 30 of these days and then you have to be done. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in Pikmin, it's like, hey, good morning. The clock is running. Yeah. Go, you know. Real time. Yes. Exactly. And if you don't finish everything in time, you know, you, game over. Olimar kind of dies on this on this planet. Uh, yeah, it's kind of dark. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I think he's stranded. What are some of your favorite memories of the game? How did you first stumble upon it? Oh, well, like I said, Pikmin 3 was my first experience with the series. Um, and then honestly, I didn't play Pikmin 1 again. Or I didn't play Pikmin 1 until college. Um, I, you know, recently in the past two years, I've started to slowly just buy up a GameCube collection that I'm pretty mm -hmm. proud of. It's, it's not huge, but I've got some good stuff. I bought, solid collection. I bought Kirby Air Ride yesterday. Yeah. Ooh, I know. that my heart skipped a beat there. <laughs> That's a, that is a gem. Yeah. Um, so GameStop actually used to have amazing retro deals like that you wouldn't think. Mm -hmm. So I went on GameStop.com about two years ago now 
and bought up a bunch of GameCube games. And the, the risk there was some, some games you got in the box, some games you just got the disc. Right. Pikmin, I just got the disc. But then I found on eBay for like 15 bucks the, the case. Mm-hmm. So I bought the case. And now I have, quote unquote, the full experience. Yeah. I don't think it has a manual, but whatever. Um, we'll so I played it freshman year of college. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean... It, it is. It's like Pikmin 3, but less. But I don't think like a lot of sequels or like a lot of like a lot of original games. I don't know. Because it's not a prequel. Right. Yeah. Prequel, that's funny. Like a lot of precursor games, you there know, you original go. games or whatever. It doesn't suffer because the, the the future games were improved upon. I think it really still holds up. It absolutely does. I would agree. Uh, the game doesn't change when you add new varieties of Pikmin. You know, the mechanics and the objectives remain the same, that you have to control your army of Pikmin to fulfill tasks. Um, and, and just having three instead of five, like you said, it doesn't feel any less fulfilling. And, and the puzzles are still there, you know, for your three varieties. So do you know about this game's, like, track record in Japan? Maybe not, no. So apparently Pikmin 1, I've, I've been yet to find a solid source on this, but I have, and I've read on multiple websites and articles that for some reason Pikmin did not sell well in Japan. And so shortly after the release, they created a virtual like singing group starring the three Pikmin, the red, what? blue, and yellow. And uh, it's I Know Tuma or something. It's It's a... So this virtual group of Pikmin released a single, essentially. Uh, Strawberry Flower? Strawberry Flower, yes. That is the name of the group. They released a single in Japan that hit the top of the charts, like for a significant period of time, and maybe it was just a couple days or a week. But oh, the, 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 Their single sold 632,000 copies. Which is, the point of all this, is more than the game sold itself in Japan. The single sold more than the game. That's crazy. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess I don't know if American audiences carried the interest of this game into sequels or what really happened, but I just thought that's a kind of interesting and bizarre piece of trivia. Do you recognize this? No. I think it's in Pikmin 2. It's so chill. I don't know. When you said that, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a Pikmin, Pikmin. No, I I almost recall that as like the credit song that they roll on Pikmin 2 or something like that. Uh, You know, it's a very relaxing and easygoing song, but apparently it charted in Japan, which I wouldn't think it would chart here in the States, but it's wild. Yeah, I don't know. They've also they've got three other singles. Yeah, they had they had two they had one in twenty two thousand and two, one in two thousand and four, and then one in twenty seventeen for Hey Pikmin. Really? Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, it, the other ones like didn't do well at all. Like so, yeah, you got that first single. This is a really weird tangent, but I think this is interesting. Yeah, the first one, yeah, six hundred thirty two thousand copies. The second one, uh, about a whoa, about four months later, actually mm-hmm. in March of two thousand and two. Uh, 115,000 and then they had a song in 2004 probably to correspond with pikmin 2 probably only did 15,000 hmm. um hey pikmin only did 12,000 so Ooh. at that point you probably only had diehards of the game caring about it yeah strawberry flowers 
look them up if you're interested. How they're, interesting. They're bangers. <laughs> it's so funny. Here it says uh, members, red Pikmin, yellow Pikmin, blue oh Pikmin, my gosh. purple Pikmin, white Pikmin, winged Pikmin, and the rock Pikmin. All members. There you the go. Band. That's so weird. So yeah, I that, that wasn't a piece of trivia. That wasn't a piece of trivia that I had, you know, playing it back then, back in the day. But something that I've come across in my more recent studies. Right, for sure. Speaking of back in the day, what's your history with Pikmin? Yeah, so I think we discussed on a kind of a recent episode, you know, just going back to Hollywood video and blockbuster video and renting games. I very clearly recall renting Pikmin. And as a 10-year-old, the time, the the 30-day time period really stressed me out. I (laughs) loved the game. I loved the Pikmin. I thought the kind of mix of real-time strategy and uh, resource management, you know, was an awesome blend that I had never experienced before as a kid. And so I, I actually, we didn't own this game until just a few years ago, but I only played it via Hollywood video or Blockbuster video. I, I, we did go on to own Pikmin 2, and I've played that more times than I can count. But, um, but yeah, I, we, we didn't own Pikmin 1 back in the day. We, we picked that up more recently. But it, it, was a, it was a regular rental from the companies. Now, this is completely off topic, and we can, we can cut this out. But uh, we were talking about Hollywood video and stuff. Um, one, of, one of my, like, I don't know, one of my biggest memories of, like, a Hollywood video game or a blockbuster game was I, I all I remembered is it was this game. I couldn't remember the title of it. I could clearly see the, the you know, the cover was a kid going like, ah, uh-huh. with like monsters around him. And the game was like a mini game collection where you would create a monster and then play mini games with it. I know and what game that is. I, I found out what it was again recently. But Amazing Island. It? Yes. I yes. own that. You own it right now? I own that. Oh my God, dude. So I had this epiphany. So I, I was watching a, a YouTuber that I like called Austin Eruption um, made a video called Sega. Uh, he's doing like a series of Sega past the Dreamcast. And the last one was about the GameCube. Uh-huh. And the last game he talked about was this. And he was like a really weird mini game called Amazing Island or mini game collection called Amazing Island. And the, the, the cover popped up, this cover right there. And I went, I went, Wow, that's it. That's the game that's, that's been hidden in my. I like, I rented it. And I, I don't even think I liked it, but I just remember it like sticking out because it's so weird. Dude. It was bizarre. We'll we'll talk about it later. I, I you know you don't have to include any of this at all. Yeah, but we can we can. I want to want to talk about the game because I'm gonna buy it. It's only worth like twenty bucks. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think it's so, like, like a well-known thing at all nah i'm buying that dude crap now i gotta play it that's yeah, funny it's, it's so weird, dude bizarre. making the monsters was super fun i spent way more time doing that than any of the mini games yeah oh well back to pikmin yes um yeah so as i said i really think pikmin won on the gamecube holds up really well makes me kind of sad that we're probably not going to get that pikmin trilogy um, yeah. now that we've got pikmin 3 deluxe because i would love to revisit it on the switch we mentioned this last week with Super Mario Sunshine, but a lot of these GameCube games are just borderline impossible to play either without an emulator or paying upwards of $50. Now, Pikmin, was was it re-released on the Wii? I know Pikmin 2 was. Wow, you know what? You might be right. But even if it was, those ports are expensive in on their own, you know? you Do, do you mean the Wii U? No, the Wii. Oh, dude, you're right. Yeah, they did. You're right. See? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
I forgot they released almost like a greatest hits version of Pikmin for the right. Wii. The Nintendo Selects, they like slapped motion controls in it. Yeah. And yeah, they released Pikmin and Pikmin 2 on the Wii. But now even, like I said, even finding those is expensive. Those are $50 games on their own now. Right. So yeah, it is. it really is a high barrier of entry unless you're going to emulate it, which, you know, we can't professionally recommend here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's a stupid game like... Yeah. Like Chibi Robo. Yeah. <laughs> but by stupid, I meant stupid expensive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Like you, like you said, it is kind of trapped on the GameCube or even on the Wii because like I said, those are kind of hard to find in their own. Right. And uh, at the moment, I think all we can do is cross our fingers for Nintendo to release at least some kind of stronger, you know, backlog of digital, digital releases. I'd pay Buku's for so many games <laughs> yes uh as as i know a lot of us would yeah yeah actually okay so pikmin on the wii will only run you loose 20 bucks but you probably don't want to buy it loose complete in box 30 bucks so that's not terrible but it's you know you know that's not the worst thing i've ever heard on the gamecube it's if you want a complete in box it's going to run you 47 okay bucks pikmin 2 move 76 box now like, Yowza. i wish i would have snatched up pikmin 2 back when it was cheaper is that a quality of game thing or did it sell less and there's fewer copies out in the world you think it could be either who knows i guess we'll never know <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> all right well do you have any any kind of closing thoughts on pikmin on the gamecube yeah which color is your favorite i guess the red one why dang dude you're coming at me yes this uh, I don't know. I like his like fire thing. You know how he can. Yeah. I don't know how he can just kind of survive in the fire yeah. and stuff like that. I've Fair always kind of liked that. Although I don't know because I also like, dude. I don't know. I like them all because the electric ones are dope, and um, they have ears. That's, that's true. Cute. They do. The yellow ones have ears, and the blue ones can swim. Yeah. So, dude, you. Once you find the blue ones, it feels like the whole game is like unlocked. Like the rest of the world <laughs> right. is accessible. Because you can finally go through all these rivers and yeah. stuff. So maybe yeah. the blue is just my favorite by sheer utility. <laughs> but all right. That's all I got, man. Cool. Uh, well, which one's your favorite? You say the blue? No, I think yellow. Yellow is pretty adorable. Because he's, because he's, yeah, so cute. Yeah. Go and it'll fly. Not fly, but it'll, you can throw him farther. Right. Yeah. Yellow. Yellow is probably where cool. it's at. For me. Well, I am very happy to add Pikmin on the GameCube. To the Nintendo Gems Hall of Fame. All right, round of applause. <laughs> All right, guys. I guess that's going to about do it for us this week. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, as always, make sure that you are finding us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube. We'd love to have your subscribe there. Uh, please give us a follow, a like, and we would love to hear back from you if you have any comments or suggestions for our show. Yeah, you follow us at on Twitter at Nintendo Gems. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Nintendo Gems. And our email is Nintendgems at Gmail. Heck yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at JakeyWakey with two Y's. If you go on Facebook, if you use Facebook like an old person like we do, Jake Yoder, entertainment journalist. Leave me alone on the internet. Don't find me. <laughs> but follow Nintendgems. Anyway, that's all we got for you this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, my name is Braden. I'm Jake. And this has been Nintendgems. See you guys later. Bye. Cool. Good show.